Welcome to Malachi's Message Toxic Mold Sex Story Series, co-hosted by the co-founders of Malachi's Message, Emily Rochelle and Elizabeth Here we will be interviewing and hearing from people who have been through mold. We hope that this helps others feel not alone, not crazy, and that it gives them the strength, hope, and resources that they need to continue on in their journey. Welcome to Malachi's Message uh, YouTube channel. Today, we are honored to have Christina Bear joining us to share her story. Christina Bear just opened up Just Well Law in the Austin, Texas area, but she is serving the country nationally, and she's focusing on toxic exposures um, because of you know what her family went through. So she knows firsthand exactly how poisons can affect the body and the health, marriage and relationships and everything you can imagine. And I'm just so honored um, to have her here to share her story, tell everybody what she's about and what she's doing and how she's going to change so many lives moving forward. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I'm just honored to be here because Emily, as you know, you were, you know, my, one of my very first, um, really desperate calls and you were there when I needed you. And so I'm just honored that we're working in the same field now and that I get to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Of course. I still remember that call. It was a, it was a good day to talk to you. So, um, I can't, I just can't believe we're, we're here today and you're doing what you're doing. And I'm just, again, thank you and honored by what you're doing. Um, before you share your story, can you tell us a little bit about what your life was like for you and your family before y'all ever experienced mold? Yeah, we, we found what I thought was our dream house. It was, um, it was really beautiful from the outside. It was just so It felt like New England, even though we were in Texas. And so it felt like home to me. It was beautifully designed. Um, We walked in and there was a banister and we had two kids when we moved in and then we had two more. And it was just, um, you know, life was busy and full, but it was also magical. And I was working at McCool Smith doing high level patent litigation, which I loved. And I got to go to trial a lot. I loved that. And it was, um, yeah, it was busy and full and all the things that you would think it would be before I started getting really sick. So what was the process from, I guess, the point of realizing you were really sick to your desperate call to Emily and Texas mold inspectors? What did that in between time look like? So... Um, in October, well, actually in the spring of 2020, um, I, we were all at home and I, I don't know how else to describe it, but everybody started going crazy. My two and a half year old started running into walls and he had big bruises on his forehead and he was regressing in his developmental milestones. And so I got him into occupational therapy and speech therapy and, and he was doing therapy every single day. Um, and I was attending all of that therapy. And then my eight-year-old daughter, um, really was having a hard time. And I won't go into all the details of what that looked like, but she just suddenly became a different kid is the way that I would describe it. And 
Um, so I got her into therapy too, occupational therapy and then vision therapy. And so she's doing, you know, double therapy and Scott's doing therapy. And then we had, um, a family therapist who helped us as parenting two kids who were having a really hard time. And so we were in that therapy. So it was just like full, full on therapy all the time. And I had been sick for a few years since 2017. And I've been going to all these doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And when I went to the doctors, they said, well, your life, as I just described it, is really full. I mean, that sounds stressful. Maybe it's stress. Um, You know, you might consider leaving your job. It sounds like you're a busy lawyer at a big firm and you have four kids and that's just not compatible. And, you know, maybe you should just do something different. And so I was on this quest to get well for myself, but for my family, right? Like I knew that if I got well, that my kids would get well. And so, uh, or right, that was my thought, right? That, that if I got well, I could get, I'd be a better parent and all the things. And so um, I did, I left that big job and I got a government job, which I also loved, but I was doing that in my, you know, I was eating better and exercising all the time and all the things, but I wasn't feeling better. And I finally went to a specialist who during that springtime when I was at home all the time, like, you know, close to summer and um, the specialist gave me a mycotoxin test and I went home and I took it or I, you know, took it, sent it in. The results were through the roof and I had never heard of mycotoxins before. I had no idea what any of this meant. And they said, you know, you should go test your house. These are some of the highest results we've seen. And I went home and I tested the house. And as soon as I started reading about it and the neurological impact that mycotoxins can have, and especially overtoxin A that I was elevated in and fusarium is another one. And I was just suddenly learning these things that I didn't know before had never heard of. And I thought it all made sense, right? That this is what was happening with my daughter and my son and, um, and all of us. And so everybody took mycotoxin testing right away. And my son, Scott, who was almost three, the level of ochratoxin A is supposed to be eight. His level was 108. So he was just off the chart and he was so, 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 so sick. Um, and you know, my daughter Madeline was also off the chart and, and, um, I realized I had to get out of that house, but the house was what was killing all of us. So we, we left the house and, um, a friend, like a dear, dear friend gave us the keys to her house and we went there and stayed there for a while. And, um, we were just on this journey. And then when I realized that we, that it was going to be a lifelong journey, um, that's when we found, that's when we found Emily. And I was, I, my mind, we went up to upstate New York, we evacuated to upstate New York and my mind started to clear. And I started to really understand kind of what was happening and dive into the science and start reading PubMed and, and find the Facebook group. Right. And, um, Emily had Emily's story of having really cured her kid was on there. And I just was like, oh man, maybe there's hope. Because at the time I felt so hopeless and so lonely and so like, um, yeah, so desperate and not knowing if life was ever going to be the same again. 
Can I ask you a quick side question of that? Because something you brought up, we've had quite a few people under the assumption that like the initial mycotoxin testing is like getting a flu shot or it's the cost of like getting a panel for that. And I, I don't need to know how much money I'll spend, but can you clarify for people for a family of six, was that a low cost thing or did that take some substantial backing? Just so people understand, since it's not really covered by insurance. Was that something that you would look at and go, oh yeah, you can just go get it. It's super cheap. No. So, so um, there are like 300 or 400 a person. Um, and yeah, they're very expensive. Um, but I, but I, I think that they're helpful because they show the impact on your body and they also tie to the molds in your house. So they help you piece together. Are you sick because of your house? Or are you sick because of your school? Or are you sick because of something else? Right. Because of the cereal you ate. Right. Which is like another thing that people say, um, you know, Scott didn't have 108 on his overtoxin A score because he had Cheerios that morning. Right. Like, it's just not, um, that's not what's going on with him. So yeah, it was very, it's, it, mold is financially devastating because you lose everything you have. I mean, we, we have now gotten rid of every single thing that was in that house, the family heirlooms, all the things, right? And then we lost the house itself. I mean, you just lose everything and then you're not feeling good. And so it's hard to work. I took a bunch of time off work during that time because um, I was super sick and I couldn't, I, I ended up having a tumor. I had to have the tumor removed and my doctors really believe it's all related. I collapsed and went to the hospital. I mean, the whole thing, it was, it was a, um, it was just a mess. And when you don't feel good, it's really hard to take care of the rest of your family. You know, um, the tumor thing, I, I get a lot with a lot of our clients, they develop tumors. And I thought I had developed a tumor in my leg one day, just like popped up, but it went away after a few weeks. My dog developed tumors because of her exposure. So um, yeah, Christina, you've y'all been through it. I'm so sorry. And when you and I first connected, it wasn't for anything mold assessment related. It was just two moms talking about our children and my experience with my kid and how I got them better. And um you know, it's just, there is hope if you find out that if mold is causing the symptoms that your kid is experiencing, getting them out of that environment and then detoxing them as quickly, not as, you can't go too quick because uh, that can cause a Herx reaction, but starting that process can save them and it can, you know, it can bring, bring their health back. So this is just bringing me back to those first, um, you know, those first calls and I mean, I think it's just for some kids, it's a lifelong thing, yep. you know, and his, um, and as you know, like his well-being fluctuates with the air quality in his house. Mm -hmm. So like we, um, he, and he and I, it's he and I together. So we were in a rental apartment and I started getting calls from his school that he was melting down for an hour every day. And he already goes to a special school. So he's already at a special, like, if they need more therapy there, there's like something really wrong, right? Because he everybody's a therapist. So I, um, I, but it was around the same time that I started losing my words again and I couldn't think straight and I couldn't drive. And I'm, I'm like, really not okay. 
And I realized it was, it had to be like, it had, we were, had to be exposed to some, something. Mm-hmm. And my HVAC expert, who you now know, Josh is good friends with now, Les, came to my house, to our rental. And he said, oh yeah, this is the same problem. These HVACs are not installed correctly. And any family would have gotten sick, but because you're already sick, you got sick so much faster. Yeah. So we had to move out of that place. And it's like, I have this little human barometer, right? Of the air quality, because when he starts melting down, it's because something's wrong. So that happened again this fall, he started melting down. And um, I called Josh and I called Les and, and I said, I'm getting rashes again. And Scott's melting down and I'm starting to lose my mind again. Les comes over and is like, you called me two weeks to the day basically that the weather changed and therefore your air pressure in your house changed. And I mean, Scott and I just have this thing. It's like the two of us have that we're a barometer, right? Yeah. And, um, but we were, we're on this quest to get to ground zero to get to like tool safety, but it's just a life. It's going to be a long thing with him because it's going to fluctuate depending on where he is. And you know, my therapist was saying the other day, our child therapist, um, Elizabeth Sylvester, who is just like God's gift to humanity. You know, she just said, what would Scott have been like had he not been exposed to mold? When you look at that house that they were in, he and Maddie and he and Maddie were sleeping in the next to the walls that were most damaged. And, you know, what would Maddie be like if she weren't, if she hadn't grown up next to a wall of stachybotrys? It's interesting, you know, um, I have to say that when, uh, when Tim Taylor came to my house, Everybody has heroes in their story, right? And Tim Taylor is our first hero. Josh is another one. Les is another one. Emily too. But when he came to our house, he said, tell me about your family. And I told him about Maddie. And um, he said, I often find it in the wall of the kid who's most affected. And so he took an air sample right by her wall and he found stachybotrys which as you know, is really hard to pick up in an air sample. So mm-hmm. if it's in an air sample, that means it's really prevalent right there. And he said, this is going to be the tip of the iceberg. And we opened up the wall and sure enough, it was like, there, there was a huge roof leak. Roof wasn't a leak. It was a defect that didn't have flashing at the roof. And so right, right by the chimney. And so water had been pouring into her or slowly trickling, I should say, into her room for, um, since the house was built and then it developed into stachybotrys. But what would they be like without that? You know, that is a, a question that I, I stopped asking myself because it makes me so angry looking back at, at what would, you know, your, our kids be like if they had never experienced toxic molds, you know, at the level that they did to where it affected their, their brain, you know? Um, And the great thing too is, you know, look, um, 
we learn to get through hard things. So we say as a family, like we can do hard things and this is showing us that we can do hard things when we do them together. And so I have been like right with Maddie the whole way. And I hope that we're stronger because of it together. Um, But man, is it, you know, man, is it hard. And to add on to that, Christina, you have taken upon this enormous, like multiple mountains of starting this amazing practice called Just Well Law to do nothing but help people that have gone through things that you and your family have gone through while you're still in recovery. Like that is unheard of. Like you are a superhero to thousands, if not millions across. Well, I'm still in the midst of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had this question, right, Emily, and I was probably talking to you at the time, but what do I wait until I get better? Do I wait until our family recovers until our own lawsuit finishes until our house is finished. I just didn't want to wait. I just saw this mission field and I was like, I couldn't do anything else. It's like, there is nothing else that I could be doing right now other than what I'm doing because the scales came off and I just see all these families affected. And I spent the last year dedicating this overeducated mind to understanding the law and the science of toxic mold exposure. And what can I do with that information if not to help other families, right? No one learns this. No, no lawyer wants to learn this, right? It's complicated. It's, it's, you know, dealing with people who are sometimes having neurological challenges who are in a hard spot. Sometimes they're homeless, right? They're completely desperate, So lawyers don't want to take these cases. And I couldn't find a lawyer to even answer my call. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to build a personal injury firm I couldn't find. And that's what I'm doing one day at a time. Well, that's what you did. (laughs) You built that firm for everybody. And uh, I can't tell you how many people are just that call me and they've already spoken to you and you are, you've literally given them hope. And they're just so thankful that you came at the time that you came to help their family, because before you, who was there? I mean, there's a few attorneys that do do mold, but they're so booked already. And then they're very picky too on who they take. And like you mentioned before, you know, there's one attorney out there that won't even take your case unless somebody's died. Yeah, literally that's, that's the guy, that's the guy who's near, his name is um, Jim Cooney. I think I, I think I called him whenever I got out of mold because I got asked that question too. It was like, well, if somebody hasn't died, then we can't take your case. So I was like, oh, thanks. I guess I should I feel mean, lucky. Like WTF, you have to die to get representation around here. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And especially yeah. because in, I know from having done personal injury, I was at the U.S. Attorney's Office on the defensive side of personal injury. So I was, a, you know, I think the universe gives you just what you need when you need it, right? I had the skills to do a personal injury case because I had just taken that new job. That new government job was a personal injury job. So I had the skills to build a case. So I, you know, was just like, well, I'll just do it myself, right? Um, And I started learning. But what a gift that that I had those skills 
But in personal injury cases, usually it's only a single plaintiff and it's a car accident or a single event, like even a trip and fall or whatever it is. In mold, you have multiple family members often or multiple occupants of a house or a building. All of them are sick. All of them have lost all their belongings. Often they've lost their house. The costs are enormous. I mean, that's a that's a high value uh, personal injury case, or it should be. Now, maybe it's not, but it should be, right? And so why aren't people taking those cases? So what I want to do is raise up an army of lawyers to take the cases. Um, I, wanted, I want mold to be like a car accident where the mold report, you know, Josh's mold report is your is your car is your police report, right? It determines what the cause was. And then the question is only causation. Did it cause harm? And usually the answer is yes, right? I mean, usually you have someone who's very sick. And so you just have to show that that mold and, and, and what it was caused by, right, caused the harm to this family or this person. And there are two steps. There's general causation and specific causation. And the science is such now that general causation is not it's really not hard. And then specific causation is not hard, especially when you have mycotoxin tests that tie the mold to your body. So these cases should not be hard. Now, don't get me wrong. Insurance companies are going to make them really hard. The defense is going to make them really hard, um, but they shouldn't be hard because it causes real injuries to real people who really suffer. And I'm, you know, we're going to see if we're successful in these cases. We're just starting I want to be really clear about that. I don't have I don't have the billion dollar verdict that Thomas J. Henry has posted on the wall, right, um, on the billboard. But we're going to get there because we're going to leave it all in the field trying, and we're going to take these cases to the end, and we're going to take them to trial. You know, if I have to take my case to trial, I will. I have really good counsel. I'm really proud of our team, and we'll you know we'll take it to the end. That's that's fine. If you want to take any case to trial, no problem. And I think that that's what has been missing in some of these cases. You know, I took over for a case recently where there wasn't a scheduling order in place. And the first thing you do is you, you get a scheduling order, right? Like we got to move, we got to, we have to show that we're, we're not going away, right? Like, I don't care if you want to cover it or not. I don't care what your attitude is towards it. You can laugh in my face, but I filed the suit. It's a claim. I'm going to get a scheduling order. I'm going to have an expert deadline. I'm going to serve expert disclosures. I'm going to take depositions and we're going to move towards trial. And you can sell, you can bring me an offer anytime in there, but I'm taking every case to the end. And, you know, until, until you give me a reasonable offer. Right. Um, but you have to have cojones to do that. And I am willing to do that because I've been there myself, but I'm going to raise up an army of lawyers in every state in this country who are going to have the cojones to do that too. And I'm going to equip them and I'm going to give them the science and the experts and the research resources to make it happen because we can win these cases. And, you know, my partners like Bob McKee have already shown that that's true. They've been doing this for 35 years. There's no reason that it can't be done everywhere else and by other lawyers. You know, we want there to be more of us and we want more people to get help. And I wake up every day like you, Emily, and like you, Elizabeth, thinking, how can I help more people? Like, how can I help more people? 6 a.m. every morning, how can I help more people? 
you know, two things I've got to say, I, I just absolutely love you, but two things stood out and something we say a lot in our house is not yet. So with mm-hmm. our children, right? Like I'm not good at this yet. I haven't done this mm-hmm. yet. And I feel like you are the answer to so many people's there's not hope for this yet until you meet Christina bear and like your work mm-hmm. ethic and the fact that you're, you have the cojones to do this. You are the answer to so many people's not yet in this world and in this industry. And it is so exciting. I can't wait to see in five to 10 years, the cases that you have on because you said, well, this doesn't exist yet, but I'm going to be the answer to it. And I, man, it is, it's so cool to watch. It is so cool to see somebody step into that when, I mean, both Emily and I ended up having very poor cases when it came to lawyers. And so if we had somebody like you that was in existence at the time, we would be at a very different place with the issue of hope and the timing of how everything rolled out. The second thing is, man, you talked about your kids and something we talk about a lot is we have no clue where our kids would be, right? Um, My kids too walked into walls and had so many issues and still do, but we look at it and went, well, what do I want my kids to see? And recently they had to do a thing for school and it was, you know, who are some of your heroes? And it threw us off at one point. They said their dad and I, and we said, well, why? And they said, well, we went through really hard stuff with mold, but you guys chose to take care of us. And now you're doing Malachi's message. And I look at you and I'm sure your kids as they grow up are going to go, well, yeah, bad stuff happened, but look what mom did. Like she didn't quit. She didn't just become a victim. Like she didn't have a victim mentality. She did something about it. And so you're setting just an amazing precedent for them and for their journey to go forward, knowing, oh, we don't just roll over. Like we do something about it. We keep going. Like you are still a huge factor, I think, in your kids' hope and their journey. And thank you for doing that. Thank you so much for doing that because so many people don't. You know, I am at the greatest privilege that I've had so far in this journey, Elizabeth, is meeting people like you guys who are doing it too, who have taken that call, who have turned this hard thing that happened to them into, into a way to help other people. And, you know, I'm, I'm working right now in, in Hawaii and there are two unbelievable women there, Jamie Simic and, and Mandy Feint and Mandy, I'm, I call her major Mandy and she's like a hero in our house, you know, just like fireman Sam, major Mandy. She's just a hero. <laughs> These are people who are speaking truth to power And they're saying, no, it doesn't make sense that, you know, they have had um, the Navy made an error and injected jet fuel directly into their water source. So they're dealing with toxic exposure, but they're dealing with it from their water. Um, And these two women and many others are standing up and saying, this is not okay. This is not okay. What's happening to our families and they're willing to say it out loud, um, even though there's a fear of retaliation and they have both experienced retaliation, but they're willing to sp- speak up for other families. And that then empowers other families to speak up. Right. And I mean, what if we can, if we can just, I'm going to continue to speak truth to power about what toxic mold really does, because it's, it does not just cause asthma. It causes neurological injury, permanent neurological injury. It causes developmental delays. It causes regression in childhood milestones. It causes pans and pandas, right? It's an emergency response 
to, I mean, it's a, it's a, it can cause a neurological response and it cause, can cause an immunological response. And I just want, I'm going to continue to speak out about that. So one thing that's tricky for me now is to learn when can I do the legal work? Because I also, I'm so busy speaking out. I need to make sure that I also have time to do the work and have it or have a team that's doing the work. And we have an unbelievable team. So I'm going to continue to do the things that I really love, like speaking the truth about this issue and speaking to clients and, and just empathizing with them. Right. Um, and then we're going to build cases and we're going to build up armies of lawyers to do these cases and to do them well. So it's a journey, but it's, it's, it feels like an enormous privilege to get to do it. Um, it is such a privilege to do it. And um, I just, again, commend you for doing it when you're still in the recovery process yourself, because that is, that is very rare for somebody to be that strong. So that speaks volumes about you, Christina, and your strength. Um, after your family got out of mold and stuff, though, how has your family's life been now, now that you've started this practice, now that you're in the recovery stage processes, you know, how have your life changed or your relationships with your spouse and your friends? It's a good question. So, um, I mean, my man, you learn who your friends are, right? I mean, um, some friends from college asked um, how they could help me. And I said that they could give me some cash for um, air purifiers because they're really expensive. And I wanted one for each kid to have in their room. Um, and they didn't give me air purifiers. They sent me like a whole box of clothes for myself. And outfits that they have like tied bows on. And um it was just like this message that like you should also take care of you, like you are worthy of nice things, which at the time I didn't feel like I just, you know, was wearing everybody else's old clothes, which was totally fine. But um it was just like, man, your friends show up for you like that. And um, people, people come out of the woodwork, right, um, to support you in, in, in that season. But it's really, yeah, it's really humbling. Um, so we're still in the midst of it. We're in, we're in a rental that we have tried to jack the air quality and make it as good as it can be. And but Josh set up, like, this magical tent that Scott's sleeping in, and we say it's his, like, um, it's his rocket ship that he goes into every night. So I don't, you know, Emily, I still have hope. Like you still, you tell me that there's another side, but I am kind of like, um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't see the other side yet. I'm still in like, if this is, I'm going to continue to live my life and hopefully I'll get to another side, but I'm going to continue to like speak out and do the things that I can do. And we're going to, you know, we're going to put one foot in front of another and we're going to help other families along the way. And I think that there's so much healing in that, right? Because that there's, there's healing that comes from helping others and showing your kids how to help others and showing up for them. Um, 
So yeah, we're 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 in the thick of it, but we'll get, you know, we'll get to the other side. We're doing a lot with Scott and with with Maddie on, you know, reducing inflammation and clean diet and reducing toxic load and like just doing everything that we can to keep them healthy. And um and I think that look, this causes neurological harm. I, one thing that I have not figured out yet is how to compensate for it. Um, I think that there's like therapy and mind tricks, tricks you can do to help your mind recover. And I haven't, I haven't gotten to do that yet. Um, but I'm, you know, look guys, I stood up in Hawaii in front of this room full of people. And I said, a year ago, I was where you are. I was in my own hospital bed. And now when my client, Jamie Simic called me from her hospital bed in Hawaii, like I could pick up the phone and I could come and help. Like what an enormous, I mean, what a difference a year makes, right? And so a year, now I have my own law firm. I'm representing 70 families in Hawaii in this toxic tort crisis. Like And their stuff is, it's a movement. I mean, those women are on, women and men, those families are on fire and they're, it's, it's, I'm just giving them the microphone. I'm giving them the, this is their case. And I am, I'm, I'm along for the ride. And um, yeah, there's, there's, I couldn't have done any of that a year ago. So maybe that's where the hope is that there is, there is progress and we just have to, you know, Keep going. The the fact that you said the word like journey and process and wondering where the hope is, and that's exactly it. Like, there's no way any of us a year out, most of us a year out after we were exposed, there's no way I could be doing what you're doing. Like you're recovering so well, so quickly. I mean, it took three years of Emily and I having conversations about what we were going to do before we were, I was at least in a healthy enough position to do it. So I, I, was silent because I was kind of blown away. I was thinking through my timeline going, wow, a year. That's insane. Like that, that's incredible. So there is, I mean, there is hope, right? And then people know it's a journey and it takes a year. It takes three years. It takes five years, depending on your body and how you heal. But that I was silent for that reason. I was a little bit blown away by her timeline. One thing that I, um, about that I really admired about your husband, Christina was when he went, on national television and admitted that he kind of didn't believe you, you know, or he was just like, you know, we work busy lives and kind of deal with it. That is so common. I feel like with 90% of the people that I talk with one spouse isn't a sick Mm -hmm. and that's how they feel. And um, it's just, uh, so I was very, very proud of your husband for doing that because that is very common. Um, Have you guys now gotten on the same page? You know, we have never been more aligned. You asked about family and, you know, where's your family now? And um, I think one thing that that is good about a crisis is um, it makes the priorities really clear. And, uh, you know, we're in it together. And so he, he and his dad in like 103 degree heat we're like cleaning forks in the, you know, in the yard before those forks came into our new house. And 
Yes, we are 110% on the same page and, you know, trying to, um, trying to do what we can for our family and building, you know, building a law practice. He's been crazy helpful. Um, you know, that first weekend I got 400 intakes in like three days and most firms don't have anything, you know, have a few calls a week, like especially new firms barely get any clients, right? How do you even process that many people? And especially how do we, how do we make them, how do we make every person feel heard and get an answer when it's just me and a paralegal right now, or at the time it was, and now I'm building up a team, but at the time, you know, anyway, he helped so much with process and firm and getting on zoom calls with Hawaii and we're just in it together. And it's really, it's a beautiful thing. But it, took a, it took a long time. What are they supposed to do, Emily? Like, that's the thing they don't, I think, I think sometimes the mold also gets to their brains, right? And so you're both at your wit's end. And if you're looking at, you know, in our case, we were looking at a wall that was full of stachybotrys and there was a particular problem, which was that the roof had a, uh, it was missing a critical piece, which is called a five by five by five. And by the way, it was missing it intentionally. The roofer did not put it in and he knew it. So it, there was, it was missing a five by five by five that they all knew about and the water came through and that had accumulated and, and built up this wall of stachybotrys. So if you're looking at that, you think, well, we just fix the wall. Like we take the mold out of the wall, right? And we fix the roof and we're done. But there's a mother's intuition, I think, that knows this is not it. This is not all of it. And I hired an expert to come and say, and say, like, tell me what happened here. And is it going to be anywhere else? Are there other problems? And he said, yes, if there's this problem here, if they, if they like literally didn't put any flashing in at the chimney, then you're going to have flash, flashing problems other places. And sure enough, every window was installed incorrectly. And then when we started rebuilding the house from outside in, we found eight feet of like pure chitomium in the kitchen right where we ate every day. So if you just, but if you, if you start out and you just looked at the wall, you'd be like, we're, I mean, honey, we're done here, right? Like we're done, sweetheart. Like we took out the mold, it's all done. So I think what's tricky is that intuition, you know, what's, what I think we're learning about my intuition is that I've been right every time so far, the science has actually been, or the, the science has actually backed me up. It is true that it that 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 was just the tip of the iceberg in my house, um, but at the time it's hard to you know hard to know. We took it all out, baby. It's like it's gone. It's not there anymore. It is really hard. Um, it is really hard, especially when you don't find all the mold the first time. And in your case, in your house, there was more than one area. There was many areas, so it's not you can't. It's not an easy fix. It's you know what has to happen to your home. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's terrible. And, um, luckily though, your intuition, I feel like that's a God given thing. Yeah. Um, and most people are saved by it. So thank God he listened to it. And that first time, you know, the first time it was really like, baby, we're leaving and we're taking and, and today, 
I'm taking three laundry baskets and we were leaving today, right? The second time when we had to leave, I had a totally different approach. We went out to lunch. I was very kind, direct, and like it was a totally different conversation, right? And so it's also about how we present these things um, and how we like garner support and talk about the facts. And I did it better the second time (laughs) to put it, to put it mildly, you know, but when you're in a crisis, you got to, you know, like, and I, and I would do it again because I think that that, um, that decision that day saved my family and I would do it again. Um, but I might say it differently. No, Christina, thank you again for coming on and sharing all this wonderful knowledge. And uh, we are going to be doing a separate video with you as an expert video. So that way people can get all the legal knowledge and tips and advice that they need to know what they need to build a case and so forth. So go check out her expert video that will also be on our YouTube channel. And, um, Thank you. Fewer again. tears on that one. There will be fewer tears on that one. I promise. <laughs> it's hard to talk about what you went through, especially, you know, when I understand um, you're being real, you know, it's, and you're still going through it while you're saving millions. Um, thank you, Christina, for coming on. We truly okay, appreciate thank it. Thank you.